Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. Welcome to the show. I'm so glad you chose to join us. I think we're going to have a delightful conversation tonight. The topic is the gift within us, and our guest tonight is Marianne Borer. We're going to bring Marianne on in just a minute, but I wanted to talk a little bit about the notion of um, trusting yourself. So I'm going to share a real short story, but I think it's very uh, very much in line with tonight's conversation. Um, I, my soul needed me to understand the nature of power, and power with a capital P. And the way my soul did that is it put me in a career in broadcast television, and I ended up working with extremely high-powered equipment. We would make a million-watt television transmitter so you could sit home on your couch and with rabbit ears watch a pristine television picture. And so this extremely high power can be dangerous. So it was a few years back, and I'm up on top of a mountain just south of here in in Colorado, and we're working on the 32,000-volt power supply, and the damn thing wouldn't come up. And I'm using the test gear to try to test it, and the test gear was too slow to report the status of of the testing. (laughs) And this this, uh, old fart radio guy, very dear friend of mine, went out to his truck and got a little neon tester, and it's it's something you could buy at the hardware store for four or five bucks. It's got a little glow-in-the-dark neon bulb, and you can stick it in the outlet. It'll tell you if the power's there. And it was old. It was very old. And I look at it, and I read it, and it says 500 volts. So I'm, I'm testing the, the incoming power, which is 480 volts. And I don't worry, I won't go any more technical than that. So 500 volt, volt tester to measure 480 volts, this shouldn't be bad. So I walk up, I walk up to test the voltage. And a voice in my head said, use two hands. Because normally I just lay it in my palm and put the test probes between my finger and just touch the power. But the voice said, use both hands. I, I'm I'm two feet away. I'm five seconds away from testing the circuit. And so I stop from going a one-hand test, and I put one lead in one hand and one lead in the other, and I touch the boom, and it blew up. It vaporized in my hands. And right in between my hands was a white ball of light about the size of a softball, and it burned my shirt on both my shirt sleeves. Had that been laying on my arm, it would have blown a hole in my arm. But by using both hands, it did burn my shirt, but it didn't hurt my flesh at all. My hands were fine. And (laughs) the reason I bring that up is, is we all have a, have a, angels or guides or both or um, uh, perhaps an entourage of people who've got a skin in the game, skin in the game as it relates to our life. And so many people are worried. Um, they're actually genuinely afraid. They're wringing their hands when they when they look at this pandemic um, chaos, if you will, and they don't have any, any clear sense of what's going to happen. The, and there's plenty of fear mongers that are proselyting all this crap about um, um, all the negative ways it could go. But the, 
there's an inner knowingness. There's a intelligence, if you will, within us that can transcend all of that um, inaccurate but very much hyped information that gets regurgitated over and over and over again in the collective conscious. And so that's what I really like about tonight's episode. We're going to take a real um, straight-on look about the gift within us. Again, the topic tonight is the gift within us. And that's the name of the book that our guest, Marianne Bohr, has, uh, has published. Marianne um, has this new book, and it's about highly gifted psychics and mediums and the value of our own inner voice, you and me, all of us. Marianne's book explores one of the most important forms of communication, and that's intuition, which is often overlooked or misunderstood by many people. As Marianne writes in The Gift Within Us, my wish, I'm hoping to change the perception of intuition so that everyone can learn to listen to our own inner voice and get divine guidance in the process. We will all benefit greatly if we understand that we all have access to this amazing intuitive wisdom. Please join me in welcoming Marianne to the show. Welcome to the show, Marianne. Hi, Les. Thank you for that lovely intro. Boy, you really do get it. And, you know, after doing 10 years of shows, I can see why. But, um, yes, you hit the nail on the head. Basically, um, for some reason, as you well know, for years, intuition was kind of maligned or made fun of. Oh, it's just women's intuition or, you know, it's got to be silly, right? And it's a very powerful form of communication that it's, we no longer have the luxury to undermine because look where we are right now. And it's simply... You know, we all have iPhones, or many of us do now. You know, 10, 20 years ago, what, what did we have? Phones with cords or whatever. Before that, no phones. But the next level of communication, I believe, is this intuition that we really all have had all along. It's just a matter of understanding that we do have access to this and that it can really help our lives collectively, our planet, everything. If we just tune in, the one difficult part of tuning in that many people can't achieve, though, is humility. You have to take your ego down a peg or two, be a little humble, and just listen. And recognize that even though we're all brilliant, not every single thought that comes into our head or inspiration is because we're just so brilliant it's coming from our own brain. There's a lot of help that we're getting if we just understand recognize and, and kind of develop that muscle to understand where some of this information is coming from and to ask for help and guidance because it's there. So that's um, kind of the premise. Of yeah, well, I of, like what you're saying because that the, the notion of humility, the, or, or the, the brain, the mind, by its very nature, is, uh, deals with symbols and the value of symbols and and so it if we can't tone down our ego we tend to judge everything based on the past based and on the in facts, order to yeah. make a, 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 a paradigm shift we might be getting information that has nothing to do with the past because uh, it seems like humanity's had a pivot point where a whole new paradigm is going to open up so um, what, at what point did you get the notion that you were going to write um, this book? Well, it was very organic process. Um, it's funny because, well, I interview 33 highly gifted intuitive psychics and mediums from the U.S. and around the world. They, each of the 33 has their own profile chapter. That's not the whole book that's part of the book. I also interview scientists that are studying psychic ability and a whole host of other folk. But each of these intuitives 
Um, by the way, I also have contact info if people want to get in touch with them at the end of the book for each of these gifted people. But basically, um, years ago, I'm a public relations person by trade, and I was living and working in New York City for a good 15 years, and I worked in top PR firms. And at one point in the in the 90s, the late 90s, I had a client who was erecting a digital clock sign in Midtown Manhattan on 34th Street and 8th Avenue. It's kind of like the national debt sign used to be uh, posted in Manhattan. Uh, this was right. uh, 1997. It was clicking down the days, counting down the days, seconds, and minutes until the year 2000. And my client wanted national PR for this sign, uh, this clock. And so I kind of had the inspiration, I don't use the word idea too much anymore, but to find really highly gifted psychics and mediums, not storefront, not just be lazy and get storefront psychics, but I found 24 really highly gifted psychics and mediums, invited them to come to this event, this press conference. Uh, it was a 1,000 days before the year 2000 in April 1997, because back then everybody was scared of Y2K. If you can remember, they were frightened right. of the year 2000. So 75 journalists showed up to this event, which is enormous a number of media, including the Wall Street Journal, CBS News, as well as like Inside Edition and Entertainment Tonight. It attracted a lot of media, and each of the media, I sat the intuitive speed dating style at different tables in this restaurant, and each journalist could go up and have two to three minutes with each gifted person. And they could ask world event questions, celebrity questions, personal questions. And the reason I mention this story is twofold. Uh, the guy from the Wall Street Journal came up to me after this event, and he was visibly shaking. And he said, Marianne, I'll confess, I came here to make fun of these people. But they were so accurate, I'm still in shock. The other reason I mentioned, yes, it did get global and national press like you wouldn't believe, so it, it achieved the goal, but I became friends with a number of the gifted people and have been for many years. And as such, as a communicator, it began to irritate me how they were perceived, or I should say misperceived, by the media and the public. Um, often many of them uh, were put down, oh, they must be soothsayers or, or fakes or charlatans, you know, hanging out their psychic sign. And there was this negative perception of, of their gift. And truthfully, if you read some of their profile chapters, many of these people as young people, as children, were scared or bullied or confused by their abilities. Um, some just thought everybody had these abilities. Everyone saw Grandpa in the corner. You know, uh, Some were supported. A few people in the book came to their gift in their late to mid to late 40s. So it's kind of all over the map, but they struggled, many people, with these abilities, and they learned and honed them. Some were closeted, became like real estate agents or whatever, till they were able to finally come clean that they were gifted. And I find their stories fascinating. One of the reasons I was uh, directed to, to do this was by telling the stories of these gifted people. People can see they're just regular, normal people who happen to be incredibly gifted. And by putting kind of a face on uh, people who people call psychics, that's a kind of a tough word, it's so loaded. But if people understand and understand and really enjoy these people, realize they give so much, help so many of us, then maybe they'll just be a little more open to understanding that we all have access to our own inner voice. Now, when people say, oh, we're all psychic, I cringe because while that may be true in part, not everybody um, has this level of ability of some of the people in my book. Okay, they're the extremely gifted people. I mean, we all can sing, but how many of us can sing like Adele? So, but one thing I will say is every single last one of us, regardless of if we're religious, what religion we are, I don't care, this transcends religion. We all have access to this divine wisdom, divine guidance, just by listening to our own inner voice. It's there. It's just as easy as getting a thought. We're getting these thoughts all the time. Many of us have experienced, you know, gut feelings or a hunch or the expression, oh, it just came to me. And um, we need to tune that up a little bit. And in order to really understand, uh, we need to take that step, take the ego down a couple pegs, and be a little humble and listen. And that's kind of the message. That's why it's called the gift within us, because it, this wealth of brilliant wisdom is there for us. 
and we definitely need it now more than ever if you look around. Oh, sure. And uh, I, I like the approach your book takes because um, in the Western culture, as you've mentioned, uh, the notion of a psychic or a medium, for a lot of people, it's kind of held at arm's length and, and they don't really put much merit to it. And um, I suggest in these days, in these next months and years and, and decade or so, that humanity is really going to get downloaded, if you will, with a lot of information that perhaps has never been introduced on the planet. We're at a we're at, at such a major turning point that um, what I like about the show is you put it right in our lap, the listeners' laps, your lap, my lap, the gift within us, and you're not differentiating. Um, I'm certainly some psychics are much more clear and um, precise than others, but what again, what I like about your book is you're looking to awaken our own relationship with our own intuition and then use that as a vehicle of, as you say, divine guidance that will help us traverse this um, information tsunami, if you will, that's going on right now. Yeah, and the word divine is also a little loaded. When I say divine, that is the word I mean, but... Again, I was raised Catholic. I'm I'm still Catholic for all intents and purposes, and and I have great respect for people of all religions if that's what they choose to to want to do. However, if you know the the group Pew Research, P E W Research, they found that the fastest growing group among us are what people who identify as what's called spiritual but not religious. They have turned away from traditional religion many because of sexual abuse scandals, whatever, but they're still yearning for that connection, the spiritual connection, but they just don't know where to get it. And that is a, a large group of us. It's fast growing. And those people, they, this is what this book is written for, that group, all people really, but they need to understand that it's there. And, you know, the, the powers that be, that's what I call my you know, I have my collaborators on this plane, and I have my group of collaborators on that plane, and I call them the powers that be. Um, basically, my daughter the other day said, Mom, when you say you're guides, what do you mean? She's 18 now. And I said, you know, I, I don't know. I'm human. I can't know exactly, but I think it's a collective of, you know, maybe God, uh, my, my higher self, my guides, angels, maybe deceased loved ones, other brilliant energies, I'm not sure exactly. I just know that they're tremendously wise, and, and they have a great sense of humor. People don't, when they think of New Age things, it's always got to be this haunting or scary or serious. And <laughs> there is such humor, there is such light and laughter in this, this realm that the modern television is still, still, still talking about the haunting and this and that and they missed the point. There is a lot of, of brilliance and and inspiring, fun thoughts that can come from this group. So I have that, I have the muscle developed now where I kind of know when I'm getting this amazing thought. For example, the cover of my book, Les, is a simple white cover with a gold bow. It looks like a gift. There's right. no cosmos. There's no angels floating around. It's not New Agey. That was inspired. I, I take. I don't take full credit for that because I kind of got that idea, that inspiration, and the title itself, "The Gift Within Us," is another inspired thought. I had so many working titles. When you're writing a book, the title's very important. And finally, none of them felt right. And finally, this came to me. So, you know, just giving credit where credit is due sometimes. <laughs> Um, can really be helpful. And also, people feel that they're not worthy to ask for some help. And I'm not talking necessarily prayer, as it were, kind of, but they, the entity that I'm talking about, our helpers on the other plane, they want to help us. They're actually rooting for us. They're rooting for us to succeed. And I was given one analogy. Sometimes they get me early in the morning before I'm awake or when I'm taking a shower, if people can understand what I mean. 
But they gave me this analogy once, and they, they go, go in your office and write this down. So I'm writing it down. And they said, can you imagine a room, a classroom full of fifth, five- and six-year-old kids, kindergartners, that were left alone in the room without any adult supervision for a full eight hours? You can only imagine the mayhem, the bullying, the, the craziness, the tears that might go on in that room. Well, they said, look around you. What's, look at the way we are. I mean, left to our own devices without tapping into some of this amazing resource that we have access to, you know, due to selfishness and ego and all sorts of crazy stuff. Look where we've, we've, what we've become. We actually need to listen. We need to tune in and understand that they're trying to communicate with us, and, and that's going to be for our greater good. Well, sure. And, you know, I, I like how you brought in the reference of uh, the muscle because it, it does take some – some practice to to develop your relationship. Not only do, do we all have these angels and or guides, but they, um, because of free will, we have to ask for their help. They're a hands-off uh, organization until we ask. And uh, as far as getting involved in our lives, um, when we give them permission by asking, we... we we open up a much um, broader uh, swath of information we can get from them. So um, let's talk a minute about the notion of going from uh, organized religion into the realm of spirituality. You, you had mentioned that the notion of spirituality is a, becoming a much more prominent um, aspect of our society. If, if, we were raised in an organized religion that that considered all this woo-woo crap. Mm-hmm. How do we how do we develop? Um, how do we go from flat-footed to fully trusting, if you will, um, this notion of a higher intelligence of a of a an element of, of, of personas that are here to support us. Well, I have to say that they go hand in hand. Um, Many people, and again, I I will say that I do fully respect people that are in traditional religions, if that's what you choose to have. Um, A lot of people have turned away from it in recent years for very many reasons. Millennials aren't really drawn to it, number one. Some of the people that have been in it for years were turned off by clergy, sex abuse scandals, etc. But it's it's all about love and and frankly there are parallels. I remember growing up as a Catholic, you know, you would pray and et cetera, and you would be humble and you would be taught various good things. Um, the the thing is though, when you get to this level, you you and I loved my former priest. He retired. He was a wonderful guy. But you don't need to be in that building. You, you and we can't now with the pandemic. Nobody can be in the churches, right? Yeah. So it's kind of really the other day I I started walking because my gym is closed in the early, early morning, and we live near a golf course, and nobody's golfing at 630 in the morning. I'm walking on this golf course. It's the most beautiful. The birds are singing and everything. I had my walk, my um, iPhone, but I didn't care to listen to it. And it felt more grand and amazing than any church that I've ever – the Vatican's pretty cool, but this was amazing. So um, I think that it goes hand in hand. I think, though, people are transitioning, a lot of them, away from that traditional religious place or supplementing that with this interior spirituality that we all have access to. I mean, it doesn't mean you have to just say no to religion, but quite frankly, it's very much hand in hand. And the, the beauty of this is that there's no middleman. You don't have to have a priest, a rabbi, a minister, etc., um, there to have a dialogue with. You can go directly to the source, and quite frankly, I think they kind of like that because. And uh, and the church, I tried to write a chapter. I will tell you, where I called rabbis, I called ministers, I called priests, etc., to try to get them to go on record about intuition. It's death silence. Nobody would talk. So I dug down, and I have a family friend. He just died in the fall, unfortunately. He was our parish priest when I was a child, Father Flynn, very much Bing Crosby-esque kind of a guy, very handsome. And he went on to become a bishop, and then he became an archbishop. And he was archbishop of St. Paul in Minneapolis. 
And I called him about two years ago when I was finishing the book, and I said, Father Flynn, I mean Archbishop Flynn, I hadn't talked to him in at least 20 years, and I wanted to ask him what he thinks about this book. And he's a very forward-thinking Catholic priest, but I still didn't know if he was going to say, Marianne, oh, that's the work of the devil, you don't want to do that. You know, I didn't know what he would say. So I asked Archbishop Flynn what he thought about this, and I had my tape recorder on. I asked if I could interview him, and what came out of him was absolutely 180 degrees different than what I feared he might say. He said the most beautiful things. He said, Marianne, saints have had these abilities forever. Jesus had these abilities. He said, we are we all have access to this. And I'm going to read, I, I, he's in my first chapter called The New Spirituality, where I talk about the Pew Research and, and the, the growing need of people to go past traditional religion. But I'm just going to read this little quote that Archbishop Flynn gave. He says, this direct connection has always been available to all of us. Some receive this guidance through prayer, some through meditation, and others by simply listening to their inner voice. We all have access to divine wisdom. It's just a matter of knowing and trusting that we are loved and worthy of receiving that guidance. And I have to say, I was blown away by by what he told me. I wrote up the chapter. I sent him back an email making sure he was okay with me printing this because, you know, he's pretty high up in the Catholic Church. And he said, go, you know, green light, go with it. So I'm very pleased that I was able to get this from him. But I think that a lot of traditional religion, I won't say they're threatened. I mean, they're just used to that way of being the intermediaries between us and the powers that be. But it, you can keep all that going if you want, but you can also go home. If your church is closed because of the pandemic, you're not going to miss a beat. They're there. It's closer than you think. And 24-7, too. It, it, you don't ever get a busy signal. The, uh, <laughs> well, you know, the um, there's a couple of, of different arenas, if you will, that we can get information about our life. And I'm going to talk about two that are um, perhaps the most prominent. Um, so so I, the story that you shared about the Millennium Clock um, these people are making predictions about what's going to happen in the future. Mm-hmm. And here in the physical plane, here on Earth, our eyes show us this static three-dimensional holodeck or, or stage, if you will, that we're all living our life on here on the beautiful planet Earth. Um, but everything happens energetically first. Everything happens in an etherical realm energetically and then the very last thing that happens is it happens on the physical plane it's like the um when a when a psychic is giving you a reading or the collective a reading what they're actually doing is they're looking at the energy that is um staging itself to manifest into the future and the more uh, aware of it you are, um, the more accurate you can um, define the probability of what might happen. And then quickly, the other one is our life purpose. For myself, I was a television engineer for a very long time. I thought, well, this is who I am. In my ego mind, I'm a TV engineer. and. Mm-hmm. The point I'm getting at is my life purpose, because my life purpose pivoted so dramatically. I mean, like a 180 plus another 180. I I was turned completely around with what I thought my life should be. And your angels and guides know this. They know what your soul has in mind for your future. Mm -hmm. And and when your ego can't understand that, it's great. (laughs) To get confirmation when you get these inklings of of what may, might be coming down the pike with yourself. So, mm-hmm. um, how do we how do we learn to trust our intuition? Uh, interesting. I mean, basically, we've all had those hunches and gut feelings, and why we know it's different from it is what we're normally thinking is 
have you ever had a feeling that your rational mind is saying, what, where's that coming from? That makes no sense to me. For example, like if I'm driving my daughter to school and I suddenly get this deep feeling, I really have to take this other route. Okay, and it's like rationally, I'm like, why? But you do, and then later you find out maybe there was an accident on your regular path or whatever. So if if you're having a deep disconnect between your rational mind and that strong gut feeling you're getting, you're trying to talk yourself out of that. That can't possibly be. Why would I even do that? That's a good indication that you're getting (laughs) an intuitive hit, and you'd be best intended to pay attention to that. Because they usually don't, I call it sometimes they hit me over the head with a rubber mallet. You know, it's like, wow, uh, they're going to get through to me. And if you defy that and you just go down that other path that your rational mind is saying, ultimately you're probably going to be hit with another one of these uh, turns that you've got to make. Just go with the flow. Try to trust that gut feeling, that intuition. They mean well. They're trying. I've not had an intuitive hit that didn't bode well for me in the long term, and I've actually learned to really listen to that. Again, I am. I must tell your audience, I'm not the best meditator. I'm kind of a white knuckler, so I do have great respect for people that can do a deep meditation and on all of these things. But I write in the book that if I had to hold crystals in my hand, focus on my chakras, and do all this deep meditation, I could never have written this book because it, it's just not who I am. I've tried. I have meditative uh, apps on my phone, Calm and other things. It's just not who I am. However, if they can get through to me, they can get through to anyone. And, and they do. They, they will. Um, it's it's a, it's there also the sense of humor in it. It's not all this dire, serious. You're not going to hear spooky voices or see spooky visions. Uh, you told that story at the opening about hearing a voice. I had it, and I won't go through the story because it's a little long. But in my book, I had a PR campaign that I did for battered women that got me to the White House, passing legislation for battered women, <laughs> and it it all came from a voice that I heard, uh, it's a long story I won't go into, but I did, it was like I heard this voice saying, call the White House. And I literally thought, who's in the room? And I looked, there was no one. I thought the radio had said it. it and I called the White House and I got a meeting with Mrs. Bush, the white-haired Mrs. Bush, for this the domestic violence thing I was working on. Anyway, um, it's not scary, it's not spooky, they're there to help you. Just consider it to be like, wow, I've got this great resource that I really haven't been using. It's just like getting you're getting these thoughts all the time. I will say one caveat, though. Ask and you shall receive. I would say most of the time that's true, and I, I go there. There are times, though, that we ask and we ask and we're not getting anything. The archbishop called it times that it's the desert of the soul. We're humans. This is school. I believe life is like school, that we're meant to come here experience things so our souls will grow just like you're parenting your kids you can't be there to stop every single boo-boo or decision they make we need sometimes to go through some struggles so that we grow our soul so sometimes you're not going to get every answer you want in in my experience most times you do get a lot of answers but if you do have that sticking point where it's kind of a dry well don't despair it's just part of being human, and it's actually a good growth spurt for you. Right. Well, now, in your book, The Gift Within Us, you talk about our own inner intuition, our own personal inner guidance. Mm-hmm. And you also talk about psychics, which are obviously um, people that are not us, now, why did you include um, our own intuition and psychics in this book? Again, when I had that press event all those years ago, I became friends with all these. It, it grew very organically. I didn't sit down one day and think, oh, I'm going to write this book, and it's going to be a bunch of psychics, and it's going to be about our own inner voice. It, at first, it was just that I'm going to write about my friends who are gifted and the fact that they're real people, and this is what their lives looked like when they were young people. This is the, are the struggles they went through. This is how they developed their gift. 
and really have people read these chapters. They're not short. They're like seven to nine pages each that really open them up to understanding that gifted people are just like you and me, except that they, in their case, happen to have an extraordinary intuitive gift. That was the book to begin with. It was just going to be about the people. Ultimately, in the last years, as I was writing this, I got the inspiration that I that was just the starting point that I also needed to really clue people in that we all have access to this wisdom just by listening to our inner voice. So the book took a turn. It, it just added in this other piece that really is the heart of the book that, you know, don't – people would turn away from thinking about intuition because they would think of psychics and they would think of the fact that, oh, that's just party tricks, parlor tricks. We can't take that seriously. Therefore, we can't explore our own connection with spirit uh, through our inner voice. So by talking about and exposing the stories of these wonderful, gifted, regular folk – um, we might be more open to tuning into our own intuition because the stereotypes were so negative about intuition and people with gifts, uh, intuitive gifts. That's probably why I have the stories of the 33 gifted people um, and also talk about our own gifts and our own inner voice. Now, some of the people that are listening to your show may well have stronger intuitive gifts, may themselves be gifted intuitives or psychics. Maybe they're just at the beginning of exploring that. Not all of us have that level of giftedness, but I would encourage them to explore it. Also, people who are listening may think, okay, I'm going to explore my own intuition, but I want a reading because I really need to talk to somebody who's highly gifted. For them, it's so hard to find very highly gifted intuitives. I mean, a lot of people hang out the shingle and again, I, I wrote a chapter, it's not in this book, I'm, it'd probably be in the next one, about three groups. There's the out-and-out out fakes, which is a very small minority. Um, most people are in the middle group, which is large, which is what I call well-meaning but mediocre psychics. Um, right. They're not, they're not faking, but what they're doing is in giving you a reading, what they're picking up on is your hopes and dreams. It's in your aura, your thoughts and fears, etc., so they might be picking up that you're going to get back with that ex-boyfriend or get that job or whatever, and it doesn't come to pass. When you talk to really highly gifted people, which is all the 33 people in my book are in this level, they are getting the information from the, the true source, as it were. And sometimes what you're hearing is not exactly what you're thinking you want to hear. Sometimes it's better news than you think. Sometimes it's tough news that you may not want to hear, but they're getting it from a pure source, and that's why the readings with these people are incredibly accurate, whereas the, the well-meaning but mediocre folk oftentimes not so accurate. So I, that's why I have the contact info for these people um, in there in case people want a reading. Sometimes a good reading, I, I had one person say she'd been in therapy for 10 years, and she had a reading from somebody who was very gifted, and it just cleared everything up in one fell swoop. So that's kind of interesting. But but it should be there. It's different levels. I mean, um, there's different levels to this. And so that's kind of an answer to your question. Well, sure. The uh, and I I totally concur that the caliber of of psychic readings can vary considerably and. And that that middle range of the uh, well well intended but mediocre, um, until you have a a, a really um, clear and vivid session with a very gifted psychic, you don't know what you're missing. <laughs> and it, uh, my sense is uh, psychics are never intended to be. Uh, a long-term crutch for ourselves. Like mm-hmm. there's a the notion in the movies where the woman has to, where the man has to consult their psychic before they do anything. That's really mm-hmm. disempowering overall. But to get information from a, a gifted psychic about your life can really help bring clarity into your into your life and give you a better understanding of the why behind behind why certain things have happened in your life exactly and i i think that 
you know, that's, it's an excellent resource for us. It's just that your average person does not know how to find a gifted person that's of this higher level. I tell people you can go to your local metaphysical bookstore. Chances are they do know um, highly gifted people in your area. But other than that, people are looking at these psychic hotlines, many of which, unfortunately, will hire someone off the street and teach them how to, you know, be quote-unquote psychic, uh, or they're just trying to stumble around finding someone. Most of my gifted friends don't advertise, and it's that makes it even harder. So word of mouth is really important. Again, the people in my book, they're all fantastically gifted, wonderful people, high integrity. There's nobody in my book that isn't high integrity. I, I had a couple of egomaniacal folk that wanted to be famous, and I just said, no. You're not in the book because that's not – most of these people are coming from this really wonderful place of wanting to help people, and they do help many people. So, yes, getting a really great reading can be helpful. I'll give a quick story. When I was in my 20s, I lived in Pittsburgh here, and the only psychic I knew was a woman who's in my book named Nancy Meyer. Is this okay if I mention this story quickly? Sure, yeah, sure. Okay, so we had both been on a TV show around Halloween, of course Halloween. I was promoting an event locally called Fright Night and as a PR person, and she was on in a separate segment because she's a psychic. She does work with the FBI, finding missing children, etc. We were in the green room together, and we exchanged cards. Well, about six months later, I was offered a job in New York City and by a big firm that was based out of Pittsburgh called Ketchum PR, but they wanted me to work in the New York office. And I had my boyfriend, and I had my house, and my boyfriend's now my husband. And I just didn't want to move to New York City. Um, really, it's quite expensive and a lot of you know, intense worry and everything was around this. So I decided to take the card and call Nancy and get a reading. So back in the day, I got this reading. I went to her house, which it's funny now because you don't have to be in the physical presence of a person to get a reading quite the i mean most of the people in my book are from all over the world many i've never physically met but anyway i went to her home and i got this reading i sat across from her and i had this plan in my head that i would take the job in new york work there for six months transfer back to the pittsburgh office and i'd be great so i went there and i asked her because i had to make a decision on the job and she looked straight at me and because i told her my plan and she said and we still laugh about it today she said, Marianne, I'm sorry to tell you this, but you're going to be in New York City for several years. And my heart just dropped. <laughs> and I was not pleased. <laughs> and, you know, we just spoke actually today. Um, and she was saying, do you remember that? And I said, yeah. We, we, I was so dejected. But I ended up being in New York for uh, 12, 14 years. I flew back to Pittsburgh most weekends because it was before 9-11 and you didn't have to go through all the rigmarole of taking shoes off and everything. It was much easier then. But um, she was right. And so that's getting readings from the pure source. Had I gone to someone who was less gifted, I might have heard, and they probably would have picked up that I was going to be able to do that plan I mentioned. But as it was, I never transferred back to the Pittsburgh office. Um, I ended up staying in New York, and I worked in different firms also. But it was great education for me as a PR person um, that I, I needed to be there and I needed to go through that. But no, did I want to hear her say that? Absolutely not. Right. And you know, like for myself, um, I didn't. I was I was raised um, in a very similar situation as a Catholic. I was raised Mormon in Utah, and I consider them almost identical. And. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the notion of a psychic wasn't even in my mind until at least into my late 20s. And uh, um, I, I learned to ask, what is my life purpose? And what lessons have I come here to learn? Those two questions I suggest you put on the top of your list. Because... Um, like I said earlier in the introduction, I had no idea um, what my life path was going to be. Even into my early 30s, I had no clue. I thought I knew. I thought I knew what I was going to be doing with my life. But 
when you start getting this feedback that paints a different picture of where your life is going. Because you had mentioned um, your ego wants to say, no, that's not right. That doesn't fit. No, when you get inspiration that's taken you off the path you've been on a long time, a lot of times our mind can resist that. But to really understand why you're here, the purpose and the value of your of your presence on the planet can can help uh, help you make sense of the of the path up to this moment and and give you a glimpse of what's coming down the pike in the future. Don't you think? Uh, yeah, and I think that um, you know when I get into a space where I don't know what way forward. Like I had an an agent previously, sweetheart, wonderful woman just had so many personal problems, health issues, personal issues, couldn't sell a book, just very meek. I had to, we ended our relationship uh, and I was like, well, okay, I guess the book's done now. So um, I didn't really know what to do. And I was fine because I have my day job. I'm a PR person. I I never wrote this book for fame, fortune, or anything. Just I wrote it because I was kind of, as I put it, drafted to do it. And, And I have heart and soul in this book and I wanted to help people connect but i didn't know the path going forward so i wasn't too shy or worried to say okay powers that be what do i do where do i go and just the very next day i got an inspiration to call an old friend who knew the literary agency business and she told me to call my current agent bill she called this guy and i called him and that same day he said send me your manuscript within a half hour of sending it he emailed me back, I want to represent you. I think this book is going to do, you know, you're going to help a lot of people. So I I asked because I didn't know where to go. And, you know, you reach those places where you just don't know what to do. Now, did I pick up a phone and go get a reading? At that point, no. I just went inward and I asked them for guidance. And sometimes the doors fling open People call you. You'll see something in the newspaper. I mean, it's amazing sometimes the connections you make. And again, sometimes you get nothing because you're meant to go through that struggle. But most times in my life, if I've asked, it's amazing. These amazing signs will come to you or somebody will call you out of the blue or or some doors will open. It's great. So I just want people to know that, that we have access to that. You don't have to say this number of rosaries. You don't have to, you know, kneel and do this and that. And, you know, I respect those traditions in in my Catholic church. But in order to connect with them, it's right at your fingertips. It's it's come, They're coming to you all the time, just through your thoughts, very simple thoughts. So don't be ashamed to, to ask. And I'll use this other analogy they gave to me. Um, You know, we're talking on the phone right now. I'm holding a receiver. You're holding a receiver. Um, In traditional prayer, we sit there and we ask for help. We're not, it's like I'm holding my receiver and I'm asking into the phone of prayer saying, gee, I really need help with this. Can you help me? And you're not sure if you're worthy of asking it, if they're even listening, are they out there? But what I want people to know that I've been given as a message to give is they have a receiver in their hand. And they're, it's up to their ears, collective ears, and they're wanting to communicate with us. So not only are we worthy, but they want to connect with us. So time to kind of not worry about it. Time to connect with it. And um, it's not scary. It's it's quite lovely, actually. And I think that it's so simple to do. It's right at our fingertips. We don't have to, to worry about um, doing anything arduous or, or difficult. Uh, it's it's really con- it sounds hackneyed, but love. Um, they have a lot of love for us, a lot, and it, it's just a matter of asking. And, and that's kind of the the message that I've been given to give. Um, and opening up, I'm a communicator first, so that's my I guess gift. Um, I'm a good writer, blah blah blah. I do PR, but it, I'm glad I've been drafted to help bring this message out because if it can help people. It, access this gift within us that's uh that will be a big plus for me and i'll tell you something i had a friend of my husband's call me she had bought the book and she said you know mary and i want to tell you something 
I, I was a Catholic. I'm a lapsed Catholic because I was very disgusted by the sex abuse scandals in the church. She said, after I read the book, your book, I, I've got, I've developed my faith again, not necessarily in the church, but just I understand that I have this faith again. And she says, I also am not afraid of the afterlife or whatever you want to call it. So it really renewed her in a certain way that warmed my heart. I mean, I haven't had a lot of feedback on the, I mean, I've had good feedback, and, and the book was actually named number one new release on Amazon in the spiritual self-help category for the first month that it was out, which I thought was shocking. I was shocked by that. But, um, yes, I, to hear that kind of feedback is very gratifying. I think your books are very well written. It, uh, uh, not only in the material that it covers, but in the sequencing of that information, I think you do a very good job at at uh, covering the topic in a in an insightful and incremental way. Um, kudos. Thank you. Well, I want people to know that there are other chapters. You mentioned. Do you know D- Dr. Dean Radin, Dr. Gary Schwartz? Russell Tark. I've in, I have a chapter called Today's Brave Paranormal Explorers about the scientists who have been studying what's called psi, PSI, psychic ability for years. And sure. they're brave because in the scientific community, it's a taboo. You don't talk about these things. So do you know those names? Have you ever talked to them? Well, we've had uh, Dean Radin on the show several times. Um, the other names that you mentioned don't seem familiar, but I'm certainly going to look them up and see if they want to be a guest on the show down the down the road. <laughs> we'll be in touch about that because these people are amazing, and Dean Dean is amazing. But I have chapters about the scientists. I have a chapter about how people with intuitive ability have been, um, how they were treated throughout history. At one time, kings revered them for their advice, and then other times they were persecuted. So that's another chapter. And I have various other chapters. Uh, I have a chapter, Six Simple Steps, How to Access Your Inner Voice. You know, when I was involved in starting to learn about all this, I would go into a bookstore and see all these books, and I'm sure they're wonderful books, but how to develop psychic ability. There are so many steps to it, I just couldn't even deal with it. The the simple steps, I, I outlined a couple already, the biggest one being, you know, take your ego down a couple pegs, be humble and just listen. But it's very easy for people to get to this place. They don't have to be overwhelmed with um, how how arduous and how hard it is. It It is not. I'll, I'll give you another analogy that they gave to me. Do you remember in The Wizard of Oz, which we've all seen that movie? Um, you've seen it, correct? Sure. At the end, Dorothy has gone through the flying monkeys and the poppies and everything. She gets to the end. The wizard can't get her back to Kansas. So down comes beautiful Glinda, and and she says to Dorothy, but Dorothy, you've always had the power to go back to Kansas. And Dorothy clicks her heels, and she's back. But that's kind of one of the messages I was given, too, is it's right there. You you don't have to jump through a lot of hoops to to access this, this guidance. And, and maybe another tip is to, um, if you're going to try to connect with your intuition, don't make the first thing you try a life-changing decision. Try it out with simple things like, uh, which aisle do I turn down to find a parking spot? <laughs> you know, really, because w- there's no consequence to being wrong. Because if you put a lot of weight on it and you're wrong, you'll beat yourself up. So you can practice with, um, what kind of dessert you'd like. I mean, with a, a lot more lighthearted uh, outcomes, and that develops a rapport that allows you to build some trust. Well, time can go by pretty fast. Um, you've got your book. Um, please tell us um, where we can get your book and um, if you have any other modalities that you work with the public. Well, because of the pandemic, any speaking engagements have been canceled, um, which is fine with me. I actually love doing a show like yours with very informed listeners who already 
get a lot of this information. But um, you can easily find my book if you go on Amazon, just uh, The Gift Within Us, you type in, or my name, Marianne Bohr, which is B as in boy, O-H-R-E-R. And you can also go on my website, which is just my name, www.maryannebohr.com, and I have a Facebook page of the same name, it's, and also Instagram, and the links are on my website. So it's very simple to find my book. Um, and I, I encourage anyone, you know, take a look. Again, 33 gifted people, highly gifted. Contact information right there for you if you do decide to seek a reading. Um, they're all wonderful folk. And and also, um, they some of them would be wonderful guests on your show. I would love to connect you with um, Dr. Gary Schwartz and Russell Tark, if you like, and some of these folks, if you're interested, last, just let me know. Well, I like that. Um, so do you have any closing thoughts for our audience? I think the one closing thought sounds a little hokey, but I have an 18-year-old daughter, and I love my husband, I love my parents and all that. And I don't know if you have kids, Les, but um, it's something about having a child – even if they're snarky or whatever, you, you really love them. It's just this different kind of love. It sounds hokey, but my, my my guides have given me the message to tell people that they love us like we love our kids. It's that kind of super unconditional love. And it, love is a wonderful word, but it's and it's hackneyed in a way. But they're rooting for us. They want to help us. And all we need to do is understand that we are loved and that they want to help us. And it's, it's almost like kind of a superpower. If you just realize that, your your life path is going to be much easier, and you're probably going to accomplish some really incredible things. So just just um, that's, the, I guess, my parting thought about all of this. Well, I like that. That's well spoken. Uh, Marianne, I want to thank you for being our guest tonight. I very much have enjoyed this conversation. Same here, Les. I'm going to be a regular listener. Um, you have some very interesting guests on, and your perspective has been a joy to, to because you just you just tell it like it is, and I think that's really important in this space. Well, thank you so much. We've been talking with Marianne Bohr, and the topic tonight has been the gift within us. I mean, it's it's pretty clear when you look at the collective consciousness that everything's getting turned on its head. It's like the rototiller of our subconscious mind, if you will. And that's, we're really in a very gifted, gifted span of time here to birth a new dynamic, a new paradigm. The human heart is very hungry for a more authentic um, vision of the future, a more authentic authentic idea of what humanity can become on this planet. And I tell you, it's through flesh and bones. It's through everyday people bringing their own lives into a more authentic harmony with their own heart and soul that will move the collective away from kind of a a herd or mass mentality that Um, less than honorable people have tried to take advantage of for eons of time, we're entering a a section where the human persona, you, me, all of us, are to have sovereignty and dominion in a way that's probably incomprehensible to our past. Clearly, our mythology has not solved the problems or we would be problem-free. Clearly, uh, there's a new paradigm that will solve the suffering of humanity, and it's going to come from tuning within us. And that's what I like about the show tonight, Marianne, so very well um, in her book and in the conversation today clearly laid out the the inherent and actually divine wisdom and and guidance that each one of us has our own built-in um, 
inspiration, if you will. So I want to thank you, the listener, for joining us tonight. It's always a pleasure sharing this time with you. I'm your host, Les Jensen. Until next time, thanks for listening. This has been a New Human Living Radio broadcast to bring your soul's inspiration into effect and live your life wide open. Check out our host, Les Jensen's latest book, Citizen King, The New Age of Power, at newhumanliving.com. Thanks for listening.